Book Twenty One of the Iliad of Homer, rendered into English blank verse by Edward Earl of Derby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Michael Armenta. Argument: The battle in the river Scamander. The Trojans fly before Achilles some towards the town, others to the river Scamander. He falls upon the latter with great slaughter, takes twelve captives alive to sacrifice to the shade of Patroclus, and kills Lycaon and Asteropius. Scamander attacks him with all his waves. Neptune and Pallas assist the hero. Simois joins Scamander. At length, Vulcan, by the instigation of Juno, almost dries up the river. This combat ended, the other gods engage each other. Meanwhile, Achilles continues the slaughter, and drives the rest into Troy. Agenor only makes a stand, and is conveyed away in a cloud by Apollo who, to delude Achilles, takes upon him Agenor's shape, and while he pursues him in that disguise, gives the Trojans an opportunity of retiring into their city. The same day continues. The scene is on the banks and in the stream of Scamander. But when they came to eddying Xanthus's ford, fair flowing stream born of immortal jove achilles cut in twain the flying host part driving toward the city o'er the plain where on the former day the routed greeks when hector raged victorious fled amain on terror-struck they rushed but juno spread to baffle their retreat before their path clouds and thick darkness half the fugitives in the deep river's silvery eddies plunged with clamour loud they fell the torrent roared the banks around re-echoed here and there they with the eddies wildly struggling swam as when Pursued by fire, a hovering swarm of locusts riverward direct their flight, and as the insatiate flames advance, they cower amid the waters. So a mingled mass of men and horses, by Achilles driven, the deeply whirling stream of Xanthus choked. His spear amid the tamarisks on the bank the hero left, on savage deeds intent, armed with his sword alone, a god in power, he sprang amid the torrent, right and left he smote, then fearful rose the groans of men slain with the sword, the stream ran red with blood. As fishes Flying from a dolphin, crowd the shore recesses of some open bay, in fear, 
for whom he catches he devours so crouched the trojans in the mighty stream beneath the banks and when at length his land wearied of slaughter from the stream alive he dragged twelve youths whose forfeit lives should be the bloody fine for slain patroclus paid helpless from fear as fawns he brought them forth their hands secured behind them with the belts which o'er their shirts of twisted mail they wore and bade his comrades lead them to the ships then on again he dashed a thirst for blood and first encountered flying from the stream lycian priam's son him once before he by a nightly onslaught had surprised and from his father's vineyard captive born where as he cut to form his chariot rail a fig tree's tender shoots unlooked for ill or took him in the form of peleus's son thence in his ship to lemnos's thriving isle he bore him ransomed there by jason's son his imbrian host yetian set him free with liberal gifts and to arisba sent escaping thence he reached his native home twelve days save one rejoicing with his friends he spent returned from lemnos fate the twelfth again consigned him to achilles's hands from him reluctant to receive his death him when achilles swift of foot beheld no spear in hand of helm and shield bereft all flung in haste away as from the stream reeking with sweat and faint with toil he fled he communed wrathful with his mighty heart ye gods what marvel do mine eyes behold methinks the valiant trojans slain by me ere long will from the realms of darkness rise since death escaping but to slavery sold in lemnos's isle this fellow hath returned despite the hoary sea's impediment which many a man against his will hath stayed now shall he taste my spear that i may see if thence too he return or if the earth may keep him safe which e'en the strongest holds thus as he stood he mused but all aghast approached like him and would have fain have clasped the hero's knees for longingly he sought escape from bitter death and evil fate achilles raised his spear in act to strike he stooping ran beneath and clasped his knees above his back the murderous weapon passed and in the earth was fixed one suppliant hand achilles knees embraced 
the other held with unrelaxing grasp the pointed spear as he with winged words imploring spoke i clasp thy knees achilles look then down with pity on my woes and recognize illustrious chief a suppliant's sacred claim for in thy tent i first broke bread that day when in my father's fruitful vineyard seized by captive i became to slavery sold far from my sire and friends in lemnos's isle a hundred oxen were my ransom then at thrice so much i now would buy my life this day is but the twelfth since sorely tried by lengthened suffering back to troy i came now to thy hands once more my cruel fate consigns me surely by the wrath of jove pursued who gives me to thy power again me doomed to early death my mother bore old altes's daughter fair laothe altes who ruled the warlike lelegies in soft epidesis by satnois's stream two sons she bore and both by thee must die already one the godlike polydore amid the foremost ranks thy spear hath slain and now my doom hath found me for from thee since evil fate hath placed me in thy hands i may not hope to fly yet hear but this and weigh it in thy mind to spare my life i come not of that womb which hector bore who slew thy comrade gentle kind and brave thus priam's noble son imploring spoke but stern the answer fell upon his ear thou fool no more to me of ransom prate before patroclus met the doom of death to spare the trojans still my soul inclined and many captives ta'en alive i sold but from henceforth before the walls of troy not one of all the trojans whom the gods may to my hands deliver least of all a son of priam shall escape the death thou too my friend must die why vainly wail dead is patroclus too thy better far me too thou seest how stalwart tall and fair of noble sire and of goddess mother born yet must i yield to death and stubborn fate whene'er at morn or noon or eve the spear or arrow from the bow may reach my life he said and sank lycian's limbs and heart he loosed the spear and sat with both his hands upraised imploring 
but achilles drew and on his neck beside the collar-bone let fall his trenchant sword the two-edged blade was buried deep prone on the earth he lay forth gushed the crimson blood and dyed the ground him dragging by the feet achilles threw in the mid-stream and thus with vaunting speech lie there amid the fishes who shall cleanse but not with kindly thought thy gory wounds or thee extended on thy bier shall rise no mother's wail scamander's eddying stream shall to the sea's broad bosom roll thee down and springing through the darkly rippling wave fishes shall rise and banquet on thy flesh on now the work of death till flying ye and slaughtering i we reach the city wall nor this fair flowing silver eddying stream shall aught avail ye though to him ye pay in sacrifice the blood of countless bulls and living horses in his waters sink ye all shall perish till patroclus's death be fully avenged and slaughter of the greeks whom in my absence by the ships ye slew he said the mighty river at his words indignant chafed and pondered in his mind how best to check achilles's warlike toil and from destruction guard the trojan host meantime achilles with his ponderous spear Esteropius, son of pelagon assailed with deadly purpose pelagon to broadly flowing axius owed his birth the river god commingling with the blood of perbia daughter eldest born of acesenemus on him he sprang he from the river rising stood opposed two lances in his hand his courage roused by xanthus who indignant saw his stream polluted by the blood of slaughtered youths by fierce achilles's hand unpitying slain when near the warriors each to other came achilles swift of foot took up the word what man and whence art thou who darest to stand opposed to me of most unhappy sires the children they who my encounter meet to whom the illustrious son of pelagon great son of peleus why inquire my race from far peonius fertile fields i come the leader of the long-spared peon host ten days have passed since i to ilum came from widely flowing axius my descent 
Axius, the purest stream on earth that flows. He Pelagon begot, the spear renowned. Of Pelagon I boast me sprung, and now address thee, brave Achilles, to the fight. Threatening, he spoke. Achilles raised on high the Pelian spear, but ambidexter he from either hand at once a javelin launched one struck but pierced not through the mighty shield stayed by the golden plate the gift of heaven achilles's right forearm the other grazed forth gushed the crimson blood but glancing by and vainly longing for the taste of flesh the point behind him in the earth was fixed then at esteropius in his turn with deadly intent the son of peleus threw his straight directed spear his mark he missed but struck the lofty bank where deep infixed to half its length the Pelian ash remained. Then from beside his thigh Achilles drew his trenchant blade, and furious onward rushed, while from the cliff Esteropius strove in vain with stalwart hand to wrench the spear. Three times he shook it with impetuous force, three times relaxed his grasp, a fourth attempt he made to bend and break the sturdy shaft. But him preventing, Peleus's godlike son with deadly stroke across the belly smote and gushed his bowels forth. Upon the ground gasping he lay, and darkness sealed his eyes. Then on his breast Achilles sprang, and stripped his armour off, and thus, with vaunting speech, So lie thou there, tis hard for thee to fight, though river-born, against the progeny of mighty Jove, a widely flowing stream thou claimest as author of thy parentage, my high descent from Jove himself I boast. My father, Peleus, son of Aeacus, reigns o'er the numerous race of Myrmidons. The son of Jove himself was Aeacus. High o'er all rivers that to the ocean flow is Jove exalted, and in like degree superior is his race in power to theirs a mighty river hast thou here at hand if that might aught avail thee but his power is impotent to strive with saturn's son with him not achelous king of streams presumes to vie nor in the mighty strength of deeply flowing wide oceanus from whom all rivers all the boundless sea all fountains, all deep wells 
derive their source. Yet him appalls the lightning bolt of Jove, and thunder pealing from the vaults of heaven. He said, and from the cliff withdrew his spear. Him left he lifeless there upon the sand, extended. O'er him the dark waters washed, and eels and fishes thronging gnawed his flesh. Then mid the Paeans' plumed host he rushed, who fled along the eddying stream, when him, their bravest in the stubborn fight, they saw, slain by the sword and arm of Peleus's son. Thersilochus and Mydon then he slew, Nisus and Thrasius and Astipolus, Aeneas and Ophelestes, and yet more had been the slaughter by Achilles wrought. But from his eddying depths, in human form, with wrathful tone, the mighty river spoke. In strength, Achilles, and in deeds of arms, all mortals thou surpassest, for the gods themselves attend thee, and protect from harm. If Saturn's son have given thee utterly the Trojans to destroy, yet, ere thou slay, far from my waters drive them o'er the plain. For now my lovely stream is filled with dead, nor can I pour my current to the sea with floating corpses choked, while thou pursuest the work of death insatiate. Stay thy hand, with horror I behold thee, mighty chief. Whom answered thus Achilles, swift of foot. Be it as thou wilt, Scamander, heaven-born stream. Yet cease I not to slay, until I drive these vaunting Trojans to their walls, and prove the force of Hector, if in single fight I be by him, or he by me subdued. He said, and fiercely on the Trojans rushed, a god in might. To Phoebus then his speech, the deeply eddying river, thus addressed. God of the silver bow, great son of Jove, obeyest thou thus the will of Saturn's son, who charged thee by the Trojans still to stand and aid their cause, till evening's late approach should cast its shadows o'er the fertile earth? Thus, as he spoke, from off the lofty bank, Achilles, springing in mid-current, plunged. Then high the swelling stream, tumultuous, rose in all its angry flood, and with a roar as of a bellowing bull, cast forth to land the numerous corpses by Achilles slain, and many living in his caverned bed 
concealed behind the whirling waters saved fierce round achilles rose the boiling wave and on his shield descending drove him down nor might he keep his foothold but he grasped a lofty elm well grown which from the cliff uprooted all the bank had torn away and with its tangled branches checked the flow of the fair river which with all its length it bridged across then springing from the deep swiftly he fled in terror o'er the plain nor ceased the mighty river but pursued with darkly ruffling crest intent to stay achilles's course and save the trojan host far as a javelin's flight he rushed in speed like the dark hunter eagle strongest deemed and swift weaned of all the feathered race so on he sped loud rattled on his breast his brazen armour as before the god cowering he fled the god behind him still with thundering sound pursued as when a man from some dark watered spring through trenches leads mid plants and gardens the irrigating stream and spade in hand the appointed channel clears down flows the stream anon its pebbly bed disturbing fast it flows with bubbling sound down the steep slope o'ertaking him who leads achilles so the advancing wave o'ertook though great his speed but man must yield to gods oft as achilles swift of foot essayed to turn and stand and know if all the gods who dwell in heaven were leagued to daunt his soul so oft the heaven-born river's mighty wave above his shoulders dashed in deep distress he sprang on high then rushed the flood below and bore him off his legs and wore away the soil beneath his feet then groaning thus as up to heaven he looked achilles cried o father jove will none of all the gods in pity save me from this angry flood content thereafter would i meet my fate of all the powers of heaven my mother most hath wronged me who hath buoyed me up with hope delusive that before the walls of troy i should by phoebus's swift-winged arrows fall would that by hector's hand twere mine to die the bravest of their brave a warrior so were by a warrior slain now i am doomed ignobly here to sink the mighty flood o'erwhelming me like some poor shepherd lad borne down in crossing by a wintry brook he said and quickly clothed in mortal form neptune 
and Pallas at his side appeared. With cheering words they took him by the hand, and thus the earth-shaking god his speech began. Achilles, fear not thou, nor be dismayed. Such powerful aid by Jove's consent we bring. Pallas and I, from heaven, tis not decreed that thou shouldst by the river be o'erwhelmed. He shall retire ere long, and thou shalt see, and more, if thou wilt hear. We undertake that from the war thine arm shall not be stayed till thou shalt drive beneath the walls of troy the crowd of flying trojans thou thyself shalt hector slay and safe regain the ships such high renown we give thee to achieve they to the other gods this said returned he greatly strengthened by the voice divine pressed onwards to the plain the plain he found all flooded o'er and floating armor fair and many a corpse of men in battle slain yet onward lifting high his feet he pressed right toward the stream nor could the mighty stream check his advance such vigor pallas gave nor did scamander yet his fury stay but fiercer rose his rage and rearing high his crested wave to simois thus he cried Dear brother, aid me with united force this mortal's course to check. He, unrestrained, will royal Priam's city soon destroy, nor will the Trojans his assault endure. Haste to the rescue, then, and from their source, fill all thy stream, and all thy channels swell. Rouse thy big waves, and roll a torrent down of logs and stones to whelm this man of might who triumphs now and bears him as a god not shall his strength or beauty then avail or gallant arms beneath the waters sunk deep buried in the mud himself will i in sand embed and o'er his corpse a pile of shingly gravel heap nor shall the greeks be able to collect his bones encased by me so deep in slime his monument they here may raise but when they celebrate his funeral rites no mound will he require he said and on achilles from on high came boiling, rushing down with thunderous roar, with foam and blood, and corpses intermixed. 
high rose the heaven-born river's darkling wave and bore achilles downward then in fear lest the broad waters of the eddying stream should quite o'erwhelm him juno cried out and vulcan thus her son in haste addressed up vulcan up my son for we had deemed that eddying xanthus stood to thee opposed haste thee to aid thy fiery strength display while from the sea i call the stormy blast of zephyr and brisk notus who shall drive the raging flames ahead and burn alike the trojans and their arms do thou the while burn down the trees on xanthus's banks himself assail with fire nor by his honeyed words nor by his menaces be turned aside nor till thou hear my voice restrain thy power then stay the raging flame's unwearied course thus juno spoke and vulcan straight prepared the heavenly fire and first upon the plain the flames he kindled and the dead consumed who lay promiscuous by achilles slain the plain was dried and stayed the watery flood as when the breath of boreas quickly dries in autumn time a newly watered field the tiller's heart rejoicing so was dried the spacious plain then he the dead consumed against the river turned the fiery glare burnt were the willows elms and tamarisk shrubs the lotus and the reeds and galangal which by the lovely river grew profuse the eels and fishes mid the eddying whirl mid the clear wave were hurrying here and there in dire distress from vulcan's fiery breath scorched by the flames the mighty river spoke vulcan no god against thy power can stand nor with thy fiery flames will i contend restrain thy wrath though peleus's godlike son should from their city drive the trojans straight with rival parties what concern have i all scorched he spoke his fair stream bubbling up as when a cauldron on a blazing fire filled with the melting fat of well-fed swine boils up within and bubbles all around with well-dried wood beneath so bubbling up the waters of the lovely river boiled nor onward would he flow but checked his course by the blast o'erborne and fiery strength of skilful vulcan and to juno thus 
imploring, he his winged words addressed. Juno, what cause impels thy son, my stream, or all the rest, to visit with his wrath? E'en less than others, who the Trojans aid, have I offended. Yet at thy command will I withdraw, but bid that he too cease. And this I swear, no Trojan more to save, though to devouring flames a prey, all Troy were blazing, kindled by the valiant Greeks. This, when the white-armed goddess Juno heard, to Vulcan straight she thus addressed her speech. Vulcan, my glorious son, restrain thy hand in mortal men's behalf. It is not meet to press thus hardly an immortal god. She said, and Vulcan stayed his fiery strength, and back returning in his wonted bed flowed the fair river. Xanthus thus subdued, these two their warfare ceased, by Juno checked, despite her wrath. But mid the other gods arose contention fierce, and discord dire, their warring passions roused on either side. With fearful crash they met, the broad earth groaned, loud rang the heaven as with a trumpet's sound. Jove, on Olympus's height, the tumult heard, and in his heart he laughed, a joyous laugh, to see the gods in angry battle met. Not long they stood aloof, led on by Mars, the buckler-breaker, who, to Pallas first, poising his spear, his bitter speech addressed, what dost thou here, thou saucy jade, To war the gods exciting, overbold of mood, Led by thy haughty spirit? Dost thou forget how thou, the son of Tydeus, Diomed, didst urge against me, And with visible spear direct his aim, And aid to wound my flesh? For all I suffered then, thou now shalt pay. Thus, as he stroke, he struck the tasseled shield, Awful to view, which not the lightning bolt of Jove himself could pierce. The blood-stained Mars against it thrust in vain his ponderous spear. The goddess stooped, and in her ample hand took up a stone that lay upon the plain, dark, rugged, vast, which men of elder days had set to mark the limits of their land. Full on the neck of Mars she hurled the mass, his limbs relaxing. 
O'er seven hundred feet prostrate he lay, His hair defiled with dust. Loud rang his armour, and with scornful smile Pallas addressed him thus with vaunting speech. Fool, hast thou yet to learn how mightier far my strength than thine, that me thou darest to meet? Bear thus the burthen of thy mother's curse, who works thee harm in wrath that thou, the Greeks deserting, aidst the haughty Trojans' cause. She said, and turned away her piercing glance. Him, deeply groaning, scarce to life restored, Jove's daughter, Venus, taking by the hand, led from the field, which, when the white-armed queen beheld, in haste to Pallas thus she cried, O heaven, brave child of aegis-bearing Jove, undaunted! Lo, again this saucy jade, amid the press, the bane of mortals, Mars, leads from the field. But haste thee in pursuit. Thus Juno, Pallas hastened in pursuit, well pleased, and Venus, with her powerful hand assailing, struck upon the breast. At once the goddess's courage and her limbs gave way. There, on the ground, the two together lay, while Pallas o'er them thus with vaunting speech. Would all were such who aid the Trojan cause, Whene'er they meet in fight the warlike Greeks, As valiant and as stout as Venus proves, Who brings her aid to Mars, confronting me. Then had our warlike labours long been o'er, And Ilium's strong-built citadel overthrown. Thus Pallas spoke. The white-armed goddess smiled, and to Apollo thus the earth-shaker spoke. Phoebus, why stand we idly thus aloof? The war begun by others, tis not meet, and shame it were that to Olympus's heights, and to the brazen-floored abode of Jove, we too, without a contest, should return. Thou then begin, as younger. T'were not well for me, in age, and practised more advanced. <laughs> Feeble of soul, how senseless is thy heart! Hast thou forgotten all the cruel wrongs we too, alone of all the immortals, bore, when here, in Ilium, for a year we served? By Jove's command, the proud Laomedon, for promised ire, and he our tasks assigned? 
his fortress, and a wall both broad and fair I built, the town's impregnable defence, while thou didst on his plodding herds attend in many crested Ida's woody glens. But when the joyous seasons in their course had brought our labour's term, the haughty king denied our guerdon, and with threats dismissed, bound hand and foot he threatened thee to send, and sell to slavery in the distant isles, and with the sword cut off the ears of both. So in indignant sorrow we returned, robbed of the hire he promised, but denied. For this thy favour dost thou show to Troy, and dost not rather join thy force to ours, that down upon their knees the Trojans all should perish with their babes and matrons chaste. Whom answered thus the far-destroying king? Earth-shaking god, I should not gain with thee the esteem of wise, if I with thee should fight for mortal men. Poor wretches, who, like leaves, flourish a while, and eat the fruits of earth, but sapless soon decay. From combat then refrain we, and to others leave the strife. He turned, thus saying, for he deemed it shame his father's brother to assail in arms. But him, his sister, goddess of the chase, rebuked, and thus with scornful speech addressed, Fliest thou, Apollo, and to Neptune leavest the easy victory and baseless fame? Why o'er thy shoulder hangs thine idle bow? Ne'er in our father's halls again, as erst among the immortals, let me hear thee boast how thou with Neptune wouldst in arms contend. Thus she. Apollo answered not a word, but Jove's imperial consort, filled with wrath, assailed with bitter words the archer-queen. How canst thou dare, thou saucy minx, to stand opposed to me, too great for thine assault, despite thy bow? Though Jove hath given thee power, or feeble women, whom thou wilt to slay, e'en as a lion, better wert for thee to chase the mountain beasts and flying hinds, than thy superiors thus to meet in arms. But since thou darest confront me, thou shalt know and feel how far my might surpasses thine. She said, 
and with the left hand both the wrists of Dian grasping, with her ample right the bow and quiver from her shoulders tore. And with them, as she turned away her head, with scornful laughter buffeted her ears. The arrows keen were scattered on the ground. Weeping, the goddess fled, as flies a dove the hawk's pursuit and in a hollow rock finds refuge, doomed not yet to fall a prey. So, weeping, Diane fled, and left her bow. Then Hermes to Latona thus, With thee I strive not, a shame it were to meet in fight a consort of the cloud-compelling Jove, Freely amid the immortals make thy boast that by thy prowess thou hast vanquished me. Thus he. Latona gathered up the bow and fallen arrows, scattered here and there amid the whirling dust. Then these regained, following her daughter from the field withdrew. Meanwhile, to high Olympus fled the maid, and to the brazen-floored abode of Jove. There, weeping on her father's knees, she sat, while quivered round her form the ambrosial robe. The son of Saturn towards him drew his child, and thus, with gracious smile, inquiry made. Which of the heavenly powers hath wronged thee thus, my child, <laughs> as guilty of some open shame? To whom the bright-crowned goddess of the chase? Thy wife, my father, white-armed Juno, she hath dealt thus rudely with me, she from whom all jars and strife among the gods proceed. Such converse, while they held, the gates of Troy, Apollo entered, for the well-built wall, alarmed, lest e'en against the will of fate that Greeks that day should raise it to the ground, the other gods were to Olympus gone. Triumphant these, and those in angry mood, And took their seats before the cloud-girt sire. But on the Trojans pressing, Peleus's son, Horses and men alike, promiscuous, slew, As in a city which the gods in wrath have fired, Whose volleying smoke ascends to heaven, on all her people grievous toil is cast, On many harm and loss. Such toil, such loss, Achilles wrought Amid the Trojan host. Upon a lofty tower, the work of gods, The aged Priam stood, And thence beheld by fierce Achilles Driven in flight, Confused, their courage quite subdued, 
the Trojan host. Then, groaning, from the tower he hastened down, and to the warders cried along the wall, Stand to the gates, and hold them opened wide, that in the crowd of fugitives may pour, and refuge find. For close upon their flight Achilles hangs, disaster now is near. But while our friends, received within the walls, find time to breathe again, replace in haste the closely fitting portals, for I fear that man of blood may e'en the city storm. He said, the gates they opened, and drew back the solid bars, the portals opening wide, lets in the light, but in the vacant space Apollo stood, the Trojan host to save. The flyers, parched with thirst and dust begrimed, straight for the city and the lofty wall made from the plain. Achilles, spear in hand, pressed hotly on the rearmost, for his soul with rage was filled, and maddening lust of fame. And now the lofty-gated city of Troy, the son of Greeks, had won, but Phoebus roused Agenor's spirit, a valiant youth and strong, son of Antenor. He, his bosom filled with dauntless courage, and beside him stood to turn aside the heavy hand of death, as, veiled in cloud, against the oak he leaned. He, when Achilles's awful form he knew, yet firmly stood, though much perplexed in mind, as thus he communed with his mighty heart, Oh, woe is me, should I attempt to fly before Achilles's might, where fly the rest across the plain, disordered. He would soon o'ertake me, and in flight ignoble slay. Or should I leave the others to their fate, scattered by Peleus's son, and from the wall, and o'er the plain of Troy direct my flight, far as the foot of Ida's hill? and there lie hid in thickest covert, and at eve, refreshed by bathing in the cooling stream, and purged the sweat, retrace my steps to Troy. Yet why, my soul, admit such thoughts as these? For should he mark me flying from the town, and overtake me by his speed of foot, no hope were left of me to escape from death, so far his strength exceeds the strength of man. But how, if boldly, I await him here before the wall? His flesh is not to wounds impervious, but a single life is his. Nor is he more, they say, than mortal man, though Jove assists him, and his triumph wills. He said, and stood,
collected to await Achilles' onset, and his manly heart with courage filled, was eager for the fray. As when a panther from the thicket's depth comes forth to meet the hunter undismayed, nor turned to flight by baying of the hounds, nor wounded, or by javelin, or by sword, or by the spear transfixed, remits her rage, but fights until she reach her foe, or die. Agenor, so, Antenor's godlike son, disdained to fly, ere prove Achilles' might. Before his breast his shield's broad orb he bore, and poised his spear, and thus he called aloud, Thy hope, renowned Achilles, was this day the valiant Trojans' city to destroy? Unconscious of the toils, the woes, that ye around her walls await ye? For within are warriors brave and numerous, who will fight in her defence for parents, children, wives. Thou too, Achilles, here shall meet thy doom, as powerful as thou art, and warrior bold. He said, and threw with stalwart hand the spear, Achilles's leg he struck below the knee, nor missed his aim, and loudly rang the greaves of new-wrought tin. But back the brazen point rebounded, nor the heavenly armor pierced. In turn Achilles on Agenor sprang, but Phoebus robbed him of his hoped-for prize, who, veiled in thickest cloud, conveyed away Antenor's son and from the battle bore to rest in peace, while he by guile withdrew the son of Peleus from the flying crowd, for in Agenor's very likeness clad before him stood the far-destroying king. Then fled Achilles hastening in pursuit, o'er the fertile plain with flying foot pursued besides commander's eddying stream apollo turned but little space before him flying subtly lured him on each moment hoping to attain his prize meantime the general crowd in panic flight with eager haste the city's refuge sought and all the town with fugitives was filled, nor did they dare without the walls to stand for mutual aid, nor halt to know what friends were safe, who left upon the battlefield, but through the gates poured in the hurrying mass, who to their active limbs their safety owed. End of Book 21